0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment, so more people can see
1: Hi everybody, welcome to The Home Group tonight. My name is Paul Renner, and tonight we will be talking about what are the real signs of an apostle. And if you'd like to get the study guide, you can download it. Download it now, go to renner.org and download it. And if you'd like to order the whole series, you can do that too. Tonight, in the home group, it is me, and tonight I am here with my wonderful mother, father, and brother. Wow. I got it right. I know who they're, I know who's here, and you're here too. I'm so glad that we can be together in the home group. Thank you for being here in the home group, and thank you for letting me join you tonight. Thank you, Mr.
2: Renner. And Mr. Renner, Joel, what do you have in your hand?
1: I have a book called Chosen by God.
0: Do you want to be chosen by God? I do. I think this book can really help you understand how to be chosen by God. And it's forwarded by Joyce Meyer. We're offering it to you tonight also with the whole series Paul talked about, the study guides for free. And I think you'll love the study guide. It has all the Greek words, the scriptures, everything we've been talking about. And I think it will really help you study the Bible even better.
2: Well, Denise, I want to ask you, what is the most important thing you've gotten out of this whole week in home group about apostolic ministry? What has it meant to you?
3: Well, I love this teaching because, well, I, I like to think about Jesus as the first apostle. Because everything that you're saying about apostles that are on the earth today or the apostles in the Bible, Jesus was the first apostle. And everything you say about them absolutely describes Jesus. He was sent. He dispelled the darkness.
2: Crushed the enemy.
3: Crushed the enemy. He set up the kingdom of God. and, And he's the only one who gives authority to call. I mean, he's the one who put the gifts inside of men today and women to be apostles. So I like thinking about Jesus as the apostle.
2: That's awesome. Paul, how about you? What's your takeaway so far?
1: I enjoy our fellowship, first of all, and foremost, I enjoy our fellowship, because when we sit together to talk about the Bible, that's a great thing to talk about. I'd much rather sit around and talk about the Bible than anything else, because there's a lot of other things to talk about. You could be talking about coronavirus, you could be talking about politics, but we're talking about the Word of God. That's the most important thing you could possibly be talking about. So the first thing I enjoy is our fellowship. And we have fun when we talk together. We, we have a good time every time we're together. Hope we, we hope that you have a fun
2: time with us. But tonight we're going to talk about the biblical proof of apostleship. But first I need to ask one last time, why is that porcelain globe on our set?
1: Okay, it's because apostles are sent. And they're sent as a military dispatchment. They're sent as an admiral who's supposed to find new territory, virgin territory, and build a new colony. So we have this globe because it represents, it's a reminder of the fact that apostles are sent to new territory. And it's obvious in the New Testament that apostles were sent to new new territory, but also today. There are still people today being sent to new territory. But I have to say something about the globe. Okay. It's, it's made of porcelain. Made of porcelain. In and the city it is of called gel. gel.
2: And it's made in the factory at Gel, which is a very unusual and very special porcelain of blue and white made in Russia. Anyway, that is Russian Gel. But tonight we're going to look at the biblical proof of apostleship. Are you guys ready? Open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and listen to this verse from the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. He says, Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs, and wonders, and mighty deeds. So according to this verse, there are signs of an apostle. It's like a neon sign. If you see this, It's the declaration that you are standing on apostolic territory. The word signs, by the way, is the Greek word simeon. The word simeon was the word used to describe a road marker to let you know where you were on the road. It was an authenticating marker to say you're here or you're there. So the Apostle Paul is literally saying, if you see these signs, it is the evidence that you are standing on apostolic territory. Mm -hmm. Okay? What is the first sign that somebody is an apostle? Well, the first sign that somebody is an apostle is that they have seen the Lord and they have proven fruit. We know that seeing the Lord is a requirement at least for the first foundational apostles because we read that in Acts chapter Mm 1. After Judas Iscariot committed suicide, Peter gave us the criteria to be a foundational apostle. And he said you had to be one that had gone in and out during the ministry of Jesus and was a witness to the resurrection. That is why Matthias was chosen because he had been there during the ministry of Jesus and he had seen the resurrected Christ. So he qualified, he fulfilled the criteria to be one of the first foundational apostles. But hold on. Meaning that there could be, found there are foundational apostles. Were, there's no more. Yet there were. That's all there were. And then there are others. And that's what we read about. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1, where Paul is talking about his apostleship, and listen to what he says. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 1. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Listen to this. Have I not seen Christ Jesus our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? Well, we don't know that the apostle Paul physically saw Jesus. Now, here's a thought. Paul was in Jerusalem training under Gamaliel before he was converted it is very possible
1: that he saw Jesus. And he was a young man when he witnessed the martyring of Philip. It wasn't Philip. It was,
3: it was Stephen. It, it was Stephen, Stephen.
1: Stephen,
2: I'm sorry. But it's very possible that he saw Jesus. We have no evidence of that, but it is possible. But we know that he had a vision of Jesus. And that qualified him as having seen the Lord. And there's something else. You know, the Lord and the church are one and the same. If you have a vision of the church, in a certain way, you have seen the Lord. But Paul, in some way, had seen Jesus, either briefly in his life or simply by divine revelation, but he didn't. That is a requirement to be an apostle. You have to have seen the Lord. Secondly, he said to the Corinthians, Are not ye my work in the Lord? Which means a real apostle has proven fruit. And the proven fruit that Paul referred to was the Corinthian congregation itself. They were his fruit. And if a person claims to be an apostle but they've never started a church, he's not an apostle, period, end of the story. Apostleship is connected to churches, starting churches, overseeing churches, guiding churches. It's not just connected to Revelation. It's all about churches. That's what the word apostle really means in the New Testament. Number two. According to 2 Corinthians 12, 12, an apostle will always be accompanied with, are you guys ready for this one? Supernatural patience. Look at this verse. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Most people skip the word patience because nobody likes patience. And they just read about signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Paul, who had known signs and wonders and mighty deeds, lists patience before signs and wonders and mighty deeds. you know why? Because the word patience is the Greek word hupomene, and I want to read to you exactly what this word means. The word hupomene means to remain in one spot, to keep a position, to resolve to maintain territory gained in a military sense, it pictures soldiers ordered to maintain their positions even in the face of opposition. It depicts one that defiantly sticks it out regardless of pressures mounted against it. I really like that. It depicts one that has staying power or hang in their power. Listen to this, guys. This word to here, translate patience, depicts the attitude. Oh, I just love this. The attitude that holds out, holds on, Outlasts, perseveres, and hangs in there, never giving up, refusing to surrender to obstacles, and turning down every opportunity to quit. It's supernatural. It pictures one who is under a heavy load but refuses to bend, break, or surrender because he is convinced that the territory, promise, or principle under assault rightfully belongs to him. It's supernatural staying power. The word hupomene here translated patience, really it's the word endurance. And Paul lists that before signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. You know why? Because this is the one that takes the greatest power. Mm -hmm. When you are an apostle, you are in virgin territory. You are pushing back the forces of hell. You're dealing with evil, constant assaults, trying to drive you out, trying to push you back. You have to have supernatural hang in their power. And Paul, before he talks about signs and wonders and mighty deeds, he said, huh, to me, here he is, he's an apostle, he knows. He said one of the greatest signs of apostleship is a person's inability to break or quit. It is supernatural endurance that just never gives up, it never surrenders. He says it is a major sign that a person is an apostle. Most people would never think that was a sign of apostleship.
1: This doesn't quite have to do with apostleship, but Paul had a revelation of patience. Oh, he did. Endurance. Endurance, patience. Yes. When, when In 1 Corinthians 13, when he begins to describe love, and some translations, charity, but love suffereth long. The first thing he mentions here is patience. Uh, he had a revelation of the importance of patience. Well, that's a different kind of patience, but you're right, he did. Yeah, I, I, I know that's a different Greek word here, but my, my point is he had to, that was an important subject to him. Paul had great endurance. He was beaten.
0: He was stoned. He was close to death many times. He had to fight wild animals. He had to fight people just to keep on doing what he was called to do. He had great endurance. And so I think he has... He has good founding to mention that first.
3: I can understand why he mentioned that first, because if he didn't have that, he couldn't have done the rest because he would have given up. And the pressure that he was under would have caused him to stop.
2: And there's something else very critical here, because the very fact that he would use this word, the word patience, endurance, it tells us that apostolic ministry does not usually happen in comfortable territory. It happens where people are usually broken, where people are driven out. But when you're an apostle, you have this amazing anointing. You just keep going. You just don't break. You don't give up. It is a divine enablement. Let's not glorify the individual now. The individual has to agree with the anointing. But it is the anointing we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it is as supernatural as anything else. And that's why Paul lists it first. I think it's important Mm -hmm. that an apostle lists this first. But he does go on. And then he says signs and wonders. The word signs is again the Greek word semion. And it means if you're near an apostle, there will be real supernatural activity. Now, if you honestly study the book of Acts, and guys, I want you to really hear this because this is where people make a mistake. People get the assumption that the Apostle Paul just had nonstop supernatural activity all the time. He did not. He had nonstop teaching. He had nonstop teaching, but we're talking about supernatural activity. Let's stay on track. Those signs, supernatural signs, showed up at key moments. It wasn't every day, didn't have a miracle service every day, but at strategic moments for a breakthrough of the gospel, supernatural things took place. I think this is really important. For example, in Lystra, that's Acts chapter 14, strength was restored to the limbs of a man in a very strategic moment. Acts chapter 16, demons were cast out of a woman, a very strategic moment. When you come to Acts chapter 19, very strategic moment when Paul fell into a flow of power like he had never known in his life. When you come to Acts chapter 20, Paul raised a man from the dead in Troas. When you come to Acts chapter 28 in Malita on the island of Melita, the sick were healed. These were key events happening at strategic moments for the advancement of the gospel. But Paul goes on to say that he had wonders. What's the difference between a sign and a wonder? Don't you think that's are these the same thing? The word wonder is the Greek word teras. The word teras describes an event that leaves one baffled. It's something that leaves a person bewildered or astonished. It depicts shock, surprise, astonishment felt by bystanders who observed events that were contrary to the normal course of nature. Really, it's talking about miracles, miracles that just leave people stunned, baffled, bewildered. An apostle will have those kinds of events at strategic moments, at strategic moments. We know from Paul's own testimony in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that when he came into Corinth, he came with a demonstration of the power and of the the power of the Spirit. A real strategic thing happened at a strategic moment. But he goes on in this verse and he says that there will be mighty deeds. Well, the word mighty deeds is a translation of the Greek word dunamis. The word dunamis is where you get the word for Power, but it is explosive superhuman power that comes with enormous energy and produces phenomenal, extraordinary, unparalleled results, deeds that are impressive, incomparable, and beyond human ability to perform. And this word, mighty deeds, the Greek word dunamis, is also the same Greek word for a force of nature like a hurricane or earthquake, or tornado, it is also exactly the word used to describe the full might of an advancing army. So when Paul says that he had mighty deeds, it means some pretty phenomenal things took place. They did not happen every day, but from time to time they happened. What are examples of that? Acts chapter 16. A mighty deed took place. What happened in Acts chapter 16? An earthquake. An earthquake. Nothing common about
3: that. In one cell.
2: Only in one part of the prison there was an earthquake knocked his door off the hinges. He walked free. That was a mighty deed. Or how about when you go to Acts chapter 28? Paul's on the Isle of Patmos. I mean the Isle of Miletus. He's bitten by a snake. A viper. A viper.
1: Knocks it off.
2: He just shakes it off. That's what led to the revival. That was considered to be a mighty deed. Or how about when you go to Acts chapter 14? In Acts chapter 14, Paul is stoned and left for dead. And he simply gets up after the saints formed a circle around him and probably prayed for him. That was a mighty deed. And Paul says that when you are, if you put it all together, he says that when you are really an apostle, you have signs to verify that you are an apostle. Number one, you will have seen the Lord. We know the foundational apostles visibly, physically saw the Lord. We know that Paul had a vision of the Lord, which would have qualified him to be an apostle, and he had a vision of the church, he had a vision of Christ. We know that he had proof of his apostleship, churches, Corinth, Ephesus, the list goes on and on. There was proof of his apostleship. We know that he had supernatural patience, by the way, anybody that's ever done frontline ministry understands patience, signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Let's talk about us. We have seen signs and wonders.
1: Yes. And, the, the and si- mighty deeds. The situation, if we go back to patience, the situation will want to push you out. How many times did we not get visas? Or how many times did they did not want to give us visas where the situation literally wanted you You're talking about Latvia. It was out. really difficult. But you know what? We've seen signs. We have
2: seen wonders. We could go on. All We could tell stories all day about signs and wonders. I'm thinking about that little boy whose brain was battered. They called me to pray for that boy. He had been beaten in the army in Ukraine. And when I came into his home, he was literally laying in the corner of his house, shivering, quivering. His body was quivering because his brain had been knocked free from his skull. They said he would never be normal again. That guy was totally healed. I mean, that was a real sign that took place. Don't have those every day. That was like a neon sign. Wow, something's really here. Or how about when we saw the man in Riga? Paralyzed for 19 years. The bottom half of his body came alive. And by the way, we can tell stories like that all day long. Or how about our driver's daughter? Mm -hmm. In all practicality, she was raised from the dead. Yes, Paul, do you remember that event? Yes, I do. I mean, that's a real sign and wonder. Mighty deeds. We could tell these stories all day. Our kids have grown up in the book of Acts. But guess what? I'm thankful for every sign, every wonder, every mighty deed that we have seen. But I would have to say, with the Apostle Paul, as great as any of that, maybe even greater than any of that for me, has been the ability to hang in there and not break. Signs and wonders happen in moments. And when they happen, they're awesome. But endurance, you've got to have it all the time. Yes. It's like a part of your equipment that just stays with you. And Paul lists that before he lists any of this other supernatural activity. I just have to say we should never minimize it. It is a major sign. Here we have the globe here. If God's called you to another part of the world, you have to have endurance to stay there. Yes.
1: And in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, it says that God gave apostles. So, this is something that God gives. God gave, <clears throat> and He gave apostles and prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministries, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, when we actually begin to experience the work, the calling, the ministry, of an apostle. It's there for the perfecting of the saints. And in one of our previous programs, I I said not for the entertainment of the saints, meaning it's not the job of the apostle, pastor, evangelist, prophet, or teacher to entertain, and it's also not our job to be entertained. We're all involved in the process of perfection. And in order to perfect, you have to work on that. And in order to receive that perfection, to be perfected, you also have to agree <coughs> with that. So there's an agreement that happens when you, when you get into the anointing of God.
0: Joel? I think about the Apostle Paul. He said, he said, forgetting all is behind, pressing forward. And that's what the Apostle Paul said. Apostle Paul had many victories in his life. He endured through a lot of things. And he said, forget it all. We have to go somewhere. There's a future in my life, and I need to hit the prize. And I think apostles are always moving somewhere. And we've talked about that over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. And I think that's another sign of an apostle, that they're happy for all past victories. They've gotten over all past problems. They're going somewhere, and they have a mission to complete, and they know what the goal is. And I think that's a very good sign of an apostle.
2: Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at Paul's writings and in his writings, he talks a lot about the stuff he went through. A lot of people today would say, don't do that. Don't be that honest. He's not glorifying his problems. He's really glorifying the power of God. Because most people would have given up or died. But he never stopped. I mean, he said, I was exasperated. I despaired of life. But God that raises the dead gave us hope. Denise.
3: That's what I want to read. It's verse 8 of chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians. It says, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which... Came to us in Asia that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. And I've always thought of that scripture of like when the pressures come, they press and they press and they press and they press. press. But if we're if we really, if, if perseverance is working, it only presses us deeper into God. Amen. And I know that's what the apostle Paul <laughs> experienced because he just got deeper and deeper, more convinced, more convinced, more convinced, and more committed until the day he died.
2: And Denise, he was unbreakable. Unbreakable. Doesn't mean he couldn't have been broken. Exactly. Because anybody can be broken, but he agreed with God. Amen. He agreed with the anointing on his life, which was an apostolic anointing. Yeah. And one of the traits of an apostolic anointing is phenomenal endurance.
3: Well, and he agreed to go to the end of his race.
2: He did.
1: Amen. We're going to run to the end of our race. To
3: the end. To the end.
1: Amen. If this teaching has been a blessing for you, please download download the study guide. The study guide is free, and it's for you. All you have to do is go to Renner.org to get it. Renner.org, great study guide, how to identify a real apostle. And if you'd like more than the study guide, then you can get the teaching series on the regular TV program, the daily TV program. And if you watch the daily TV program, let us know. Let us know if you watch both the daily TV program and the home group or... If you prefer one or the other, let us know. It would be very interesting. I know that my father often, regularly, daily reads the comment. So if you write something, it's important to us. We read it if you write it in the comments.
0: Friends, before we go, I want to remind you also about chosen by God. God has a plan for your life, and we need to know the plan he has for us. And this book that my father wrote will help you understand the plan for your life to be chosen by God Forwards by Joyce Meyer. And I think this book is marvelous.
3: And I want to say, if you are our partner, thank you so much. You are equipping and enabling us to do the preaching of God's word all over the world, touching so many people. And I want to tell you, it's your heart and your faith behind your giving that's causing us to be able to do this. Thank you so very much.
2: Well, this week we've talked about what is apostolic ministry. Next week we're going to talk about pastoral ministry. What does the Bible really say about pastors? What are pastors supposed to do? What are pastors not supposed to do? To be honest, there's a lot of confusion about pastors. Oh, poor pastors. Everybody has their mind up their imagination of what a pastor is supposed to be. And so many pastors are trying to be what everybody wants them to be. You know what? If you're listening to your pastor, you need to find out what God says you're supposed to be. That's all you can be. But what is a pastor? What is pastoral ministry? We're going to find out next week and it's going to really be wonderful. But we're out of time. Thank you for being with us. We're so glad when you join us for Home Group. Send us your prayer request at prayer at or call us 1-800-742-5593. As soon as we hear from you, we're going to begin to pray with you. Joel? I want us to pray together. Let's do.
0: Father God, I thank you for a home group. I thank you that we can study the Word of God together. I ask you to bless our home group. Give them a good night's rest. Mm-hmm. And Father God, I ask you to be with all of our families. And if we have relatives who do not know you, Father God, I ask you to touch their hearts. Yes. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
2: Love you. Sleep
0: well. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.